0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Gymnasium Tribe podcast. This is John, your host. I'm so excited to have you. And I just, I'm looking forward to today. I'm looking forward to introducing you to the constellation of philosophy. If you haven't heard of this work, well, I think you're going to love it. I'm going to share a little bit about the history of the work itself and also going into Boethius's story of what his mission in life was and why it was so important. Why did he write this book on his deathbed? Uh, This has been just such a crucial work for me in my own life during difficult times. I use it as an as a way of really embedding certain principles and ideas into my mind and habituating my mind so that I can face difficulties or just face life itself uh, without uh, faltering so much. So enjoy the podcast. In ancient Greece, warriors and athletes trained while philosophers taught inside the gymnasium. Welcome to the Gymnasium Tribe podcast a place where physical and mental optimization exist under the same roof once again. We will search together for the most effective and powerful stories, philosophies, and practices to inspire you to reach your true potential. I'm excited to dive into the Constellation of Philosophy. Today, we're going to do a brief introduction into the work itself. So this is by far one of my favorite, favorite works um, in philosophy. This rivals only Epictetus's Enchiridion when it comes to my own life, uh, a book that I've referred to over and over and again throughout my adult life. And the reason for this is because this book is so incredibly relatable when it comes to struggling with... Uh, Well, Boethius is struggling with tyranny, but we may struggle with fate itself, with facing the harshness of reality. What would you do? What would I do? And that is truly the question. I asked you this question last time. Would you wallow in self-pity? Would you blame someone else? Would you blame God? Uh, How would you handle such a situation where you have had it all, in essence, you can say today, we have it all. We leave we live better than any king during the sixth century. Uh, yet uh, it can all be taken away from us. So when that moment comes, how will you face reality? Well, Boethius is sitting in a cell. He's hundreds of miles away from his home. Uh, he's in the fortress at Pavia, awaiting his death sentence. And he decides to sit down and literally write one of the greatest works of late antiquity. But who is Boethius to do this? He was and is considered one of the last great Roman philosophers of ancient times, Platonic voices and Stoic voices. He was also considered the very first scholastic philosopher. Now, scholasticism, as you may or may not know, really saw its time in the Middle Ages when it fully developed. It was a discipline that combined Aristotelian logic uh, with theology. Basically, uh, these theologians and philosophers spent their time using syllogisms and inductive logic to prove the Christian faith. Now, Boethius wasn't doing this so much, but when it came to ancient philosophy, Boethius had actually made it his vision and mission in life to translate the entire works of Plato and Aristotle from Greek into Latin. Now, he was not successful in doing this, but what a monumental task to translate these works and to carry him through, himself through, by having this mission in his own life through these difficult times. He really had a reason to sit down and write about these ideas facing his death. Boethius considered himself to be a Neoplatonic philosopher who was also interested in combining Aristotle's logic to Plato. Now, Plato was more interested in the realm of forms and in metaphysics and transcendent philosophy. But Aristotle was someone who spent his life literally laying down the groundwork for human thought, logic, science. Aristotle taught us largely how to think today. And in fact, until the 12th century, Boethius' interpretations of Aristotle they were the only ones that were available until the 12th century. So he played a crucial role in passing ancient philosophy along. He was largely the one responsible for handing down Greek logic to the future, to us. But don't forget that Boethius was also a Christian thinker and a theologian. So this is this is interesting. Why would a Christian, so to speak, sit down and when facing his death, write a work on ancient philosophy. Now, um, we don't understand this today so much, and media- medieval theologians, in fact, lambast Boethius uh, for doing this. They call him a closet pagan. Uh, think about it from modern times. If someone, if a Christian today, someone who subscribed to that theology, were to write a work on ancient philosophy when facing their own death, we would say that they were proclaiming or doing away with the Christian faith. So we would call them a pagan or a non Christian today. But understand this idea was not completely developed during Boethius's time. In fact, it was very different. Uh, Christian theology and ancient philosophy were very much existing together um, in the sixth century and and before that, the Alexandrian philosophers and thinkers uh, and the theologians such as Origen and Clement uh, thought that Greek philosophy and Plato was actually a precursor, uh, foreshadowing Christianity and the Logos of Jesus. They used ancient philosophy as a way of rooting Christian theology in something deeper, in something that was developing for them. But they saw that uh, they saw it as having deep roots in the past, and which would carry it into the future. And I believe that Boethius was of the same vein. I do not think that he was a closet Bacon who abandoned his Christian faith during his time of need. Uh, I believe he was deeply devoted to ancient philosophy and Christian theology at the same time. Let's let's really look at the times in which Boethius was born and existed. Imagine this time when Boethius was born, the last Roman emperor of the West was overthrown by the barbarian kings who were literally um, illiterate. Um, So they did not even have any interest in logic or Greek thought. In fact, they considered, considered themselves Arian Christians, uh, which was actually a heterodox, heterodox um, idea to Boethius himself. Um, and by the time that Theodore condemned uh, Boethius to death, Boethius believed, or at least thought, that this might be the end of logic and ancient philosophy itself. He knew the human mind and society needed a foundation to move into the future which is why he sat down to write this most crucial work when facing his own death. I believe that, that, that Boethius sat down to write his opus to really carry ancient philosophy into the future and was essentially responsible for giving it to us today. So in conclusion to this brief introduction on the constellation of philosophy, I want to end with some of my final thoughts as to why it's so important for you So in modern times, we might consider what Boethius is teaching, mental resilience. I would consider this to be a textbook on creating mental resilience during difficult times. It is a bulwark of ancient philosophy and even of Stoic philosophy, which is so popular today. Uh, And Stoic philosophy has a saying that I love uh, that helps me as a practice in my day-to-day life. And this saying is memento mori. Imagine that you will die or remember that you will die. And this is a great thought experiment to go through in order to ask the following questions. What is the purpose of your life? Who are you? What good have you done? How do you find happiness and resilience in the moment of assured death? If you are condemned to death, you now face what your life really means. You are now looking back over your life, imagining what you have done and have you frivolously thrown it away or have you lived it towards some purpose? Now, I would argue that the fact that Boethius had dedicated his entire life towards a specific purpose in so many, many areas, this is what allowed him to hold fast during these times. So I'll close with this quote from Marcus Aurelius. Think of yourself as dead. You have lived your life. Now take what's left and live it properly. What doesn't transmit light creates his own darkness. Join me next time as we dive into the first chapter of Boethius' work uh, when he is lamenting his fate in his cell, seemingly overcome by sorrow, yet Lady Philosophy chooses to join him and talk him off the cliff. If you love these heroic tales and philosophies, and you are interested in becoming a hero in your own life, please check out my epic coaching program at Gymnasium Tribe where I personally coach and train individuals online and in person, mentally and physically, and then help them find their hero's path through offering their greatest gifts and talents in service to the human tribe. To learn more, visit my website at www.gymnasiontribe.com.